Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. guys. Welcome to another episode of Mom's Life Made Simple. Today, my guest is Siri Payne, and I'm so excited to have her. Siri is someone who I just love. Just She is a friend, and I've worked with her as my coach. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before we jump in. So she is a certified life coach from the Life Coach School. She created her six-figure coaching practice while parenting three teenagers, teaching special ed full-time, supporting her husband in his demanding career, and serving as the president of her church women's organization, also known as Relief Society. Siri works with, with successful women in business, many who have ADHD, to create a life they love while having enough time to strengthen relationships, set goals, and make money in their business. She helps her clients with time management and productivity so they can reach their goals successfully without sacrificing the life roles and desires they value most. So that is fantastic and a fantastic fit for what we do here. So Siri, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are going to dive into the same question I ask all my guests, which is how do you make mom life simple? Well, I love this question because it's really like what I am passionate about, right? Is simplifying our lives in general. So I hope that we have time to dive into two different ideas that I thought about that are, I believe, very simple, but also very impactful. So first, I really like to encourage moms to discover and lead with their strengths in both their motherhood and their life. And then the second thing I really like to help mothers do in their motherhood is to really discover and define their priorities. I really believe that motherhood becomes more simple when we do things, when we plan things, when we say yes to things, when they are complementing our priorities and our strengths rather than completing with them. Awesome. Okay. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that that's a huge part of keeping things simple is when we understand what matters to us, we're able to make things a lot more simple, right? It's, it's a lot more complicated to try to do it all, to have it all feel equally important, equally demanding. And then we're juggling all the balls and it just becomes this impossible thing. And so I love that. We'll dive in a little bit more to that idea of priorities in a minute, but let's start with this first concept that you brought up, which is discuss, you help women discover and lead with their strengths. So what does it mean to lead with your strengths? Well, I like to say that when we focus on our strengths, it actually builds confidence in ourselves and in our abilities. So when we involve our strengths in motherhood, we are doing what we were already good at. And when we are doing what we're already good at or the things that we're really comfortable in, then we will be able to discover even more of the things that we can do that we didn't yet know we could do. So when we focus on our strengths, it looks like we become more confident, right? When we are comfortable and confident, 
I think that's when life feels very simple. So the best way to simplify anything is to make it feel simple. So why not do what we're already good at, right? Things that we already like to do. Um, I really stumbled upon this discovery when I was a special education teacher. So prior to becoming a coach, that's what I did. And I noticed that many teachers would hone in on the child's weaknesses. And that's what we sometimes as mothers do too, right? We really identify all the things that we're not good at. And then we think we need to do them over and over and over again. And so when these teachers were really honing in on the child's weakness, they were realizing their child, the child they were working with weren't making very much progress. And at the time, although I didn't realize I was leading with our strengths, but I had a very different approach. I um, really helped them refine their academic skills by using their strengths and using their interests. So we learned about things that was really fun and exciting to them. We read books about topics that interested them. Unlike like a large classroom, you have to kind of read what everyone's reading. If they were interested in sharks, that's what we read about. We played a lot of learning games for the students that thrived on competition or those kids that really liked repetition and liked movement or performing. Maybe we did a lot of readers theater. And what happened is I noticed that they lit up, their enthusiasm was then passed on to other members of the classroom. And I, as a teacher, wanted to try harder to do better. So if we are leading with our strengths, then we are lighting up our family, we are lighting up the people around us, and then we are going to be able to develop strengths in areas that we had no idea that were options to us. Yeah. Okay. I really like this concept because like you said, it's really easy. I mean, I see this as a mother and then I see this personally too. And with a lot of the women I work with at the end of the day, when you think about what you've done that day, you often think about what you didn't do or what you did wrong. And you're really focusing not on your strengths, but on your weaknesses, on the places you missed. And then your kids you are like, okay, what are their problems? What do I need to solve? What's going wrong? When you're kind of flipping that script, what is going right? And then we'll build that up. And in nutrition, there's a phrase called crowding out, which is basically just like eat so much of the good stuff that you're not hungry for the junk. And that's kind of what I hear with this leading with the strengths, like put in so much of the good stuff that your weaknesses, it's not that you're ignoring them. It's that you're building these other muscles that can then support those things that are a little bit weaker. Let me just ask this. What about the weaknesses? Do you just hope they take care of themselves or is there a place for working on them too? Yeah, this is a really great question. I think you've actually seen this analogy with me. I think we're in the same um, group coaching where they talked about a star. And so if you think about a star, the tips of the star, right? Those five points, those are our strengths. And if you think of the weaknesses or those V's of the star, right? They're like down in the inside and those are our weaknesses. And so if we focus on our strengths and it becomes bigger, right? So the tips become bigger, the star is going to get bigger. And so naturally those weaknesses are also going to become bigger and they're going to grow. And so if you think about it like that, when we lead with our strengths, when we work on our strengths, we will develop and learn things we didn't know we could do. And some of those things that maybe we thought were weaknesses will become strengths, or at least will be uh, magnified and will be strengthened because as naturally, right, the whole star will grow. Yeah. Okay. I love that analogy. I don't know if I zoned out when we heard it or, (laughs) or I just needed the reminder maybe, but I think that's so good. It reminds me of the saying, um, a rising tide lifts all ships. And so, yeah, even if one ship is bigger and mightier and stronger than the other, even the littlest boat in the Harbor, as the tide rises, it's going to rise too. And so that's a cool thing with this whole idea of, you know, 
leading with your strengths, developing your strengths. I think it also speaks to another point of recognizing your strengths because so often in motherhood and in life, we don't even see the good. We, we don't have eyes open to recognize what we're doing right. And when you were talking about special ed, I remembered a story that I heard of a woman who was working with a boy in a special ed class, and they were working on having him walk on the grass because he, you know, he had some motor difficulties, had some trouble walking, and it was really hard to walk on grass because it was a little uneven. And she wrote this down that that's what they're working on. And they worked on it. And a year later, she came back and she had completely forgotten that that was even an issue because a year later, he was a pro at walking on grass. You know, he was a walking on the grass champ. And so, but being able to compare where he was a year ago to where he was now allowed her to see, wow, this became a strength. And unless we have some form of, what's the word, like um, a marker, a checkpoint, we might miss some of those strengths. So are there any ideas that you have for us for help us to help us recognize our strengths? Yeah, I think of, and I love what you just said, because I think even as women, we, we see maybe what could be a little bit of a strength, but then we compare it to how this person does it mm. a lot differently, or maybe in our minds better. Yeah. And so then we like negate the fact that it still is a strength too, just maybe not as well as what it looks like for someone else. So that's a, you know, that's another thing to be aware of is like, even though maybe someone else might be doing it differently or in air quotes better, it still can be a strength for you. So I think to help us decide or define or discover is asking ourselves a bunch of different questions. So maybe I would even encourage the listeners to take some time to just really think about or write the answers down to a bunch of questions. Hopefully we can put them in the show notes, but I'll go through them real quickly, but maybe decide like, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Like what's fun for you, right? What is fun and easy for you to do? What do other people often compliment you on or say that you're good at? What is something that you can do for hours, right? Without getting bored and without getting overwhelmed and burnt out. What is something that motivates and excites you? What do you enjoy learning about? Um, here's a fun one is that if you had to speak about anything spontaneously for 30 minutes, what are some of those things that you would be able to talk about? What are three adjectives that people might use to describe you? And what are some of the things that you enjoy doing as a child? Sometimes those allow us to really lead into our strengths, but it might look a little bit differently than you would think. And I have a good example. Um, so really dive into your answers, ask yourself, what is it about the activity that I enjoyed that I look forward to, or that I found fulfilling? And it's not often the actual like activity that is the strength, but it's different parts of that activity that we enjoy, that we excel in, that fulfill us. And that's really what tells us where our strengths in. So like I mentioned, I just recently walked through this myself and I realized that as a child, I really liked to babysit. So then I asked myself, what was it about babysitting that I liked? And I discovered that I liked to help parents out. 
I like to watch their kids so that they could accomplish the things they wanted to do. Many of the parents I babysat for their children because they were going to work to maybe help in their husband's business, or maybe they were going to a class with a specific hobby or to develop a new skill, or they were going to do some kind of service opportunity or even like a date night. But I really enjoyed babysitting for those people that were, you know, going to do something that really was fulfilling for them. Um, I was able to help and support them so that they, again, so they could do something that they desired. And I found that fulfilling. I also realized as I was diving into this activity that I really enjoyed babysitting the older kids, maybe like that nine to 11 year old crowd, because I really enjoy teaching them how to do things. Like I would teach them how to empty a dishwasher or organize or clean up a room or a kitchen for their mom, right? I helped them to really become proud in accomplishing new things. Um, I really had a lot of fun with crafts, or sometimes we do a lot of sports related skills. We did a lot of gymnastics. We did a lot of like, I taught them new games. And I, we also had fun. Sometimes we would cook with them and I would teach them cooking skills. I also noticed that I really liked that I could work when I wanted to work. I could say no when it didn't really want to. And I could say yes, when it sounded really fun. And of course I really enjoyed earning money and I enjoyed earning money in a way that, that was fun. So it wasn't that my strength is babysitting, right? In that traditional sense. But what I liked was teaching people, helping people achieve their goals. I liked learning new things and helping people learn new things. I liked earning money and I liked working the hours that I wanted to work. And so as I walked through that exercise, it allowed me to become more aware of my strengths. As I just mentioned, helping other achieve their goals, um, teaching people, empowering children and parents to learn new things and to grow. I liked to make plans. I like to, you know, realize that all of these things that I was doing as a babysitter, as you know, at the age of like 10, 11, 12, 13, however old I was, are also the exact same things that I do as a past special education teacher, as a parent, and now as a coach, right? They all look a little bit differently, but in the most part, I'm still helping people you know, learn how to do things they want to do. I'm teaching people. I'm working the hours that I want to work. I'm having those interactions. I'm empowering people. All of the things I did when I was little. I think that's so cool. The, the way that you went deeper, it's not just like, well, what did you love to do when you were a kid? Well, I love to babysit. I guess I should be a babysitter. You know, <laughs> it's like the next level of like, why, why did you love that? And getting to really the heart of it, because some people might have a totally different answer. Same. They might say, okay, why, what did you love when you were young? I love to babysit. Well, why? Because I love being with children. You know, maybe that's the direction they would go. I love holding babies. You know, they're going to have a totally different trajectory of where this answer goes than the way that you go. And yet that's that questioning that getting there, that process is so important that we don't just go to that level. Because I think sometimes you can feel stuck there. Like, what did you love? Well, I loved babysitting, but I don't want to be a babysitter. Right. And, and if you don't explore and find out what about that, you know, what is it that you loved? You're not going to get to those answers that are actually going to help you now. And so I think that's really cool. Um, so would you recommend then, obviously people can work through questions like that with a coach. Um, and so primarily Siri does one-on-one -on -one coaching and she is excellent at helping you through all those kind of questions. Um, 
what other, like, obviously you could just write the answers, any tips for when you're, you know, sitting down and writing the answers to all those questions that you gave us, which I will put in the show notes, anything that you would suggest or to help people really dig deep for those answers. Yeah. Like ask yourself again, like, what was it about that activity that I liked? Or, you know, like, cause it wasn't babysitting. Like I even realized it wasn't the babies. It was more of like empowering the moms. It was teaching the kids more so than like putting them to bed or giving them a bath. Right. Um, and then also ask yourself, so what was it about the activity? And then how do I feel when I'm doing some of those mm. things? So as you answer some of those questions, how do I feel? And then when do I feel those ways other times? Right. Like, so I just, I'm thinking right now, like as a kid, I really like to swim, which is interesting because as an adult, I don't really like to be in the water. I like to be next to the water. I like to be by the water, but not really in it. But when I go about how did I feel, right. I probably felt free or I felt, um, I remember being in the water, doing lots of flips by myself. So it's almost like peaceful and calm because people weren't talking to me. I felt, although I was by myself, I wouldn't say I felt alone, but I enjoyed that peaceful time. And so now looking back as an adult, I like to be by the water because it feels the same, like enjoying peaceful. It feels calm. It feels, you know, relaxing, kind of like isolated a little bit. And so, although it looks differently, right. I don't get in the water. It's the same feelings. And so when we really know what are the feelings that we get from some of those answers, then it's like, where do I get those feelings? And maybe those are your strengths, right? So like my strength, not necessarily that's a strength, right? To lay down and to be, but that's what I enjoy. That's what I enjoy doing. So now a vacation for me, although it's not necessarily as quote unquote a strength, but I know like a vacation, I prefer one that's more relaxed and more calming and more isolating, right? Like a cabin or a beach, maybe versus like a touristy vacation where you're going to museums and you're like, it doesn't mean it's not great. But if I'm really thinking, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I need to do something to kind of unwind. I know what I like to do now to unwind. It's not swimming though, as I did as a kid, but it's being by the water or it's being, you know, in a place where I feel calm and isolated a little bit. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great example. And that helps us to really see how it's the feelings at the heart of it. So I think that's great. Let's shift gears now and talk a little bit about this other way that you make mom life simple, which is to help them find their priorities. What does that look like? All right. So the first thing I do when I start working the client, this is it. It's the priority work because this really then becomes the roadmap for everything else that we want to do to really simplify our life. So what I would ask them to do and what I'm asking you guys to do is right now as well is write down the top five priorities of your life in general. And when I say the word priorities, I often get asked like, what does that look like? And they can be different, right? For everyone, but they're usually in areas such as like, you might make your health or some of your relationships. It might be like your home, right? The organization or the cleanliness of it. It might be like some business if you're in a business or some education, if you want to you know, take on some higher education or just even some reading or courses. It might be in the area of spirituality, maybe self-care or self-development. Some of those big areas like that, those are what I would consider a priority. And then the next question that I like to ask my client, clients is to write down the top five ways they spend their time each day. And so when I give them time to do that, they, then I ask them to what I call the million dollar question is, do they match up? So are your top five priorities the same as the ways that you spend your time each day? And most often the answer is no. And so just know you're totally normal if they're not matching up, but if they don't match up, then the big question to ask yourself is what needs to change? Do you need to change your priorities 
or do you need to change the way you spend your time each day? Because we are really overcomplicating our motherhood when we are not doing or working in our priorities and we're doing a bunch of things that aren't necessarily important or needle movers or creating, you know, enhancing and complementing our priorities. So the best way to simplify it, right, is to just make sure they're matching up. Um, and then that way you will feel less overwhelmed. You will feel more satisfied, right? Because the things you're doing are really like pointing in the right direction. You will know when you've accomplished purposeful things because they are your priorities. So they'll feel really accomplished. You'll feel really purposeful. Um, you will also be spending time on doing what fulfills you. And the best thing to simplify, right, is you'll know when to say yes to things and when to say no to things. Even if those opportunities seem good, if they're really not complementing a priority, then, you know, we know that, hey, that might be a no for this season of my life right now, why I'm working on these priorities. And I just really believe that nothing simplifies life more than knowing exactly what you want to do each day and why you want to do it. Mm, yes. Okay. That's so good right there. And just so true and so easily overlooked, I would add, because yeah, that's the most simple thing of all. As you talked about when these do line up, when you're doing the things, when you're spending your time on the things that are your actual priorities, that feels really good. That's when you're like, yes, I'm winning at life because I'm doing what matters to me. It's just such a different way to live and a different way to feel than spending all this time on something that's important to someone else, but it doesn't fill you. It doesn't matter to you. And it's very easy to get caught in that trap. So I think that that's really something we can focus on. Do any stories or examples come to mind of people that you have worked with who you've seen shift this and any, any ways that this has, you know, just made a difference for them? Um, probably every client I could really share that. Like this is <laughs> yeah. really that powerful, but also that simple. But what I, what, what's the fun thing that I of course wasn't realizing this is whatever they come to me for help, you know, coaching help. That is usually what is missing off of the top five ways they spend their time. Mm, and so yeah. the great awareness is like, nothing's wrong. It's just like, Oh, so like, if they're like, I wanted to lose weight or I wanted to grow my business or I want to be a better mom, or I want to, you know, have more meals planned, whatever that thing is that they really feel like is like, I need a coach or I need someone to help me with this thing. It's missing from their list. And so the best part about that is like, oh, we just have to make it a priority again. And clearly it was because as they spend time at night, they're like, oh, I want to be better at this thing. Right. And I wish I could do this thing better. And it usually is not from a comparison way, but they know it will really fulfill their life and make them, you know, match more of the potential that they have inside. And so that's just a really great awareness is whatever was missing off of how you spent your time each day. Most likely that is what you would probably complain to a friend about, or your husband, like, I wish I had more time for this thing. Yeah. And so then the beautiful thing is go back and say, how can I rearrange my day? What do I need to say no to so that I can make that thing a priority? Or if I want to make it a priority, what would that look like? Right. And really define it. So that's the thing is people are like, oh yeah, my kids are a priority, but we need to define the why. Right. And so that's one of the most impactful ones with mothers is it's, they want to just say, well, because I had them or because they're mine, or a lot of my clients are religious. Right. So they believe like, well, God entrusted me with them. 
And yes, all of that's true, but that's not truly the depth of why you're making them a priority. And so when you can peel back all of those layers, it usually ends up being something like, I want to cultivate a deep relationship with them, or I want to make memories with them. And so when you know that that's the true priority, it's not just your children, right? It's deep memories or it's relationships, then everything you do every day can be pointed towards relationships and memories. And if it's yeah. not creating relationships and it's not strengthening relationships, it's not creating memories, then maybe you don't do those things anymore, but we thought we needed to do them when our priority is our children, right? Then that means our priority 24 hours a day is our children. And how do we ever not be with them because they're our priority? So although it sounds very noble, it actually really competes with like wanting to do something else in life along with motherhood. Yeah, that I, I love that you shared that because that's actually really insightful for me to consider that. I mean, that is what people, why they go to coaching, why they need help is because something that is deep down a priority is not making it onto their list. So I love that concept because I think we can all evaluate and say, okay, that thing that I'm missing something needs to change, whether it's changing my priorities or changing the way I spend my time. So I think these are some fantastic ways to make mom life simple. Um, let us know where is the best place that people can find you. Well, I'm more active on Instagram. So just come find me over there at Siri pain coaching, or I have a website with the exact same name. So Siri pain coaching. Perfect. Okay. We will link to that. Any final thoughts that you would share for the moms listening on uh, just simplifying motherhood in general? I maybe just stop and ask yourself if it's not feeling simple, ask yourself why, and then maybe answer that question, right? Like, why is it not feeling simple? What could you do to make it feel more simple. And usually it's, um, that we are overcomplicating it with our thoughts, overcomplicating it with our shoulds, overcomplicating it with they, the comparisons or these, and re really, if we just listen to us and our intuition and what, how we want to be a good mom, then that gives us all that wisdom and all the answer to really simplify it. And what would that look like for us to make it simple? Perfect. Thank you. I love those ideas. I love the things that you have shared. And I think there's just so much rich information here that people can dive into and really take the time to figure out these answers. Cause you've given us a lot of insightful questions and things to ponder. And so when we go deep and search for our own answers, that's when we really get the, the direction for ourselves. So I encourage you guys to go and do that. Siri, thank you for being with us. Thank you everyone for listening to mom's life made simple. Thanks for listening to mom's life made simple. Need some help making your mom life simple? I offer group coaching programs using my four-step method called the mom's method. This is a process of manifestation, organization, mobilization, and simplification that will give you the balance, progress, and joy you're looking for. Visit chanelnielsen.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. I love to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your feedback, and let me know how I can help make your mom life simple.